All right, all right, all right. <laughs> Malta in the house, not me, my man Norman. So welcome to Mind Tune-Up Time, where Michael Gavin here, right here, that's me. I'm talking in the first, third person. What is that person, you know? Uh, Michael Gavin, the mind mechanic, tune up hearts and minds one at a time. So your ideas don't die in your heart's heads and hard drives. So I'm here to be a catalyst, be a jumpstart, be a spark to get what's sitting inside of you uh, out in a bigger way to the world. And some of the topics and some of the things I, I plan on talking about today um, are this being reactive versus proactive and where one of those words matters more than others in the form of, of, of growing a business, building a business. Um, but you can go to mindtuneuptimelive.com to register for these Zoom sessions. That's where uh, typically these sessions, um, which I'm going to get to what I'm doing here that I just started this week, these sessions I really, really want to uh, have people on. I always want to try to have a new person. Um, I kind of have my paid coaching, paid groups that I, I do regular coaching with people. So I always try to take a new person. So these calls, if there's nobody new who wants to raise their little hand and get coached right now, I'm probably going to do my best to keep these sessions a little shorter. If there are new people on, then I'm happy to uh, coach one, two, three, four people that are new people um, to help out, kind of complimentary give back. So um, you can join those Zooms and get your coaching by going to mindtuneuptimelive.com, registering for the Zoom. It streams live into the uh, Facebook group, which you can access there every week. And uh, it's automatically there. And then the, the replays are usually up by end of day Thursday uh, on favorite podcast platform and YouTube with some fun show notes to uh, see what's going on in each, each session. Um, top of that, I started Your Daily Jumpstart this week, which will add to the same podcast, same YouTube channel um, that I'm definitely trying to keep really short. And <laughs> first one I did 20 minutes, next one I did 15. You know, I just get going even on like these sessions in time, just flies by it just evaporates i just get in the flow get in the zone and i'm like oh my god it's already been 15 minutes so anyways the your daily jump start is uh designed to be a you know five to 15 minute a little a little session to to be that catalyst to be that jump start to be that spark for you uh, i'm not doing any coaching on those but i'm gonna do those monday through friday um and uh the goal is that i go live now i'm gonna work some stuff out where people can potentially get reminders and all that for that but as i always embody Massive imperfect, massive inspired action. Um, right now, I just go in live on my meeting, stream it to Facebook, and that's it. And then that's also in the next couple of weeks going to be on podcasts and YouTube as well. Um, I'm trying to just build some of those up because I plan on about 99% of them being able to, um, uh, you know, being able to go live every day at nine. Uh, but like tomorrow, I have something that I already had planned before I got inspired to do this. Because I can control a lot of my life now, my schedule. So knowing this, I can plan things around it so I can do that. Um, but right now I have a few things. So here and there, I may do them a little later. Um, I may do them earlier. Uh, but by default, I want to do them at 9 a.m. every day and, uh, and get people conditioned to that. And then, like I said, there'll be replays and things that'll, that'll be released on, on podcasts and, and other platforms. Because I know if you want to catch them later, they're easier to consume via a podcast or YouTube. So. That all being said, let's get into it. 2022, proactive versus reactive. And so what I want to talk about in relationship to that is that in building something, it is my belief, doesn't have to be your belief. A lot of people have a lot of different beliefs. Uh, but in building something, there is an enormous amount more of proaction, if you will, being proactive than being reactive. Because as my man, I don't know if he came up with this, but I love this line. An object at rest stays at rest until acted upon by an outside force. So if you're at your house kumbaya on every day about how you could have this amazing business or this amazing life, and you're hoping that God, the universe source, or some outside force is going to kick you in the pants and get you going, the reality is people have to be aware of you. You can do things in the real world, like outside of the internet, for you to have people be aware of you and what you do and what your dreams and ambitions are, or you can do it online. But if you do it in either place, and you don't tell your story, you don't share your story, you don't interact, and no one knows who you are, or where you are, or what you do, or what you want to do, or what your dreams are, and your ideas are dying in your heart, head, and hard drive, then there ain't going to be nothing outside of you that's going to kick you in motion. 
right? Building something, this idea that uh, you're going to react to everything to build a business is also highly unlikely because where are these people coming from up front, right? If, if I am not loading content online, if I am not calling people, interacting with people, texting people, emailing people, posting on the, you know, Facebook or social media, if everything is in a notebook or in my head or in a hard drive, then where are these people going to come from to purchase from you, to buy from you, to, you know, uh, uh, interact with you? They're not. And so there can be a place where you can reach. Like when I think of my video production company, there reached a time where my proactivity was just continuing to show up and just film the weddings, film the wedding, show the wedding, right? So, same day at it. Because I had so much momentum, I was proactive for so long that I reached a place that the only reason my wedding business doesn't exist today is by choice, by me intentionally not saying yes for years. I told somebody today, I stopped and did my last wedding and didn't do that many, I think in 2014. I still had a substantial amount of leads the rest of 2014, 2015, 2016. 2016, it, it really started, I think, to decline. And then, you know, I still, I saw somebody a month or two ago, haven't filmed the wedding in six, seven years now. And I had somebody go, hey, you know, you still film weddings, <laughs> right? I got somebody I wanted to film your wedding or whatever. I want you to film your wedding or my wedding. And I'm like, I haven't filmed the wedding since 2014. So the amount of momentum out of 300 plus weddings in a decade of doing it, seven, six, seven years of not doing it, I'm still having people here and there <laughs> send me a message and request it. But I was so proactive for so long that then all I really had to do was just show up and also simultaneously just react to things, meaning react when an email comes through, react when a phone call comes through, right? I didn't have to proactively put ads out, market, promote, go to bridal shows, do anything to create motion, right? Train going down the track is hard to stop, but getting it going is the hardest thing to do. So too many people, and I've done this many times in my life, we get going we almost get to the place where we're hard to stop, but then something, some outside force stops us because the opposite can happen too. You know, if you drive your car and you got a tree, it's going to stop your car, right? But to get a car to go, a human being, it's changing a lot now, but overall by default, the human being's got to get in a car, put a key in a car, start the car and drive the car, Right? So in 2022 here, are you going to get your car out of park, put it in drive, and metaphorically speaking, drive places, right? If your business isn't where you want it to be, one, examine yourself, one, examine your product or service. And if by and large, you believe that your product or service is really good, then why isn't the business where you'd like it to be. I just told somebody today, um, you take weddings, for example, again, and call apples and apples, just say wedding industry. If one person's been doing it for three years, another person's been doing it for three years, and you look at both their work three years in, you're like, wow, I mean, you both have similar work. Now, it's never this to a T. I get to talk to two people who both have been shooting weddings for three years or whatever, you know, writing, design, YouTube, podcast, whatever, and they've both been doing it for three years. But there's different variations. You get to kind of connect the dots. It's not both started, you know, January 1st, starting a wedding company. And I know both of them. And then both of them go three years and I keep in touch. And then I get to see this. But I've seen versions of this, which is, let's say, one person's been doing it three years, another person three years, work looks similar. Or maybe as I'll get here in a second, one made about 20 grand, we'll just say. And another one makes 100 grand. And the one with the made the 20 grand work, subjectively speaking, let's just say I'm the one examining it through my career and my success. And I'm looking at the one that made 20,000. I go, maybe not dramatically, but your work's just as good and better than this person that made 100 grand. Now, is it going to be because the person that made the 100 grand took 95% of the weddings that were available to book? And there's just, there's, there's too much competition, right? Or there's too many other people, right? 
Well, part of the competition wouldn't be the case because you both started at the same time. Let's say it was like 2017, 2018. There was already plenty of competition, already plenty of people doing it, right? So we can't really blame there's too many other people, right? Because that person still got it. We can't really blame, because I know the data here to a degree, that there's not enough weddings, right? Because we're looking for something outside of ourselves typically to go, that's why it's not working. COVID's why it's not working, right? Uh, where I live is why it's not working. My age is why it's not working. My, I don't have enough money is why it's not working, right? On and on and on. We're looking for something else. My mom, my dad, my friend, my brother, my, my, my person I live with, like all these reasons we want to look at outside ourselves and go, well, that's, I mean, well, Johnny over there, Sally over there, I mean, and we look and we examine them and we find all the reasons why they had an advantage over you. And that's why they made a hundred grand in the same three years that you made 20 doing the same thing. But what I would, you know, examine and look at is what was really going on, you know, what was really happening. Right. We all, none of us are truly, we can say we're stuck in the sense that um, well, I got a job and bills to pay and then wife and kids and all these things. That's true. But are you truly stuck at that job? Have they said you cannot, if you leave this job and then da 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 da, and there's all these horrible things, you're going to go to jail if you quit our job. If you quit this job, you're going to jail. Right. I don't know that there's hardly anybody that's at a job that they say they can't quit or this or that is because they're going to go to jail if they quit or right? some horrible thing like that. that you can imagine all the things that might happen. We'll lose our house. We'll lose our cars. We'll lose this. We'll lose that. Right. Yeah. There's consequences to choices you can make, but you are not stuck at something. You're imagining that you're stuck. But then what happens is it might take you three years to get out of that. But by thinking it's not possible, you don't take the actions necessary over the course of three years so that three years later, you no longer have to do that thing anymore. Instead, you don't think it's possible, and therefore, you give up. And three years pass, five years pass, eight years pass, and you're still doing the same thing. See, what I find is it doesn't matter how much money someone makes, right? Or what they do, self-employed, you know, employed. People reach levels, and then they typically will either hit plateaus, maybe it's a lack of knowledge, but I think a lot of times there's a level of contentment. And then, again, unless acted upon by an outside force, they will maintain that. How many of you have made a similar amount of income? Doesn't matter how much, but how many of you have made a similar amount of income for more than one year? And you just sit here. I'm not, you can put in the comments, however many, put the years in the comments if you're on here on Facebook or Zoom, but I'm just going to name this off for people listening or whatever. But how many of you made a similar amount of income, you know, give or take five or 10 grand, right? So for a year or more, two years or more, three years or more, four years or more, five years or more, have you made within $10,000 of a number, right? So you're not, let's say, Whatever you right now, you're at 40 grand a year. Have you been making 30, 40, 50 ish thousand dollars for five years, two years, three years? How long have you been making within a $10,000 range the amount of money that you've been making? Obviously, people who are older, not 19 or 20 or 23 years old, somebody who's 35, 40, 45 years old, is probably going to be able to look and go, wow, I've been making about 70 grand for 10 years. Why do you think that is? How come you're not making 30 grand? How come you're not making $300,000? Have you ever had it where you're, especially self-employed people, where you're running out of money and then you do a lot of activity and then you get money and then you feel good again and all the activity you did to get the money, you stopped doing it? People reach levels of contentment and unless acted upon by an outside force. Now, here's the thing. This is the whole shift upon this. So most people, most, are you going to be one of them? 
if you're at that same thing, unless a COVID, I'm just going to say COVID, I'm not getting into semantics, the details, but COVID decimated people in a negative way and blew up other for business, just business. Let's just take business. Some people got decimated. Some people kind of neutralized and some people exploded. So some people, it went way down, killed their business, put them out of business. Some people just kind of like stabilized still. They found the way to still maintain what they already were or some because of COVID it exploded. But that was an outside thing that happened that ultimately I would say showed the true colors, but showed where people are at or on their skills or their drive or whatever, right? And it, it just depends on what it is. Because yes, some industries, there was almost, almost nothing you could do. Some almost entirely, but others, it, it appeared as though there were nothing to do. But I know businesses where I live that are, you know, in the same county, the same city, the same everything, and they're within like blocks of each other. And some went out of business and didn't move the needle at all. And some exploded in similar type of industries, but the ones that exploded innovated. They didn't sit around and wait and go, ah, just, I hope things get back to normal, right? And so the thing is, is people with jobs or people with even self-employment who have reached a level of contentment, have reached a level of thing, but maybe dreaming, they have ambitions. The thing is, is that most, not all, doesn't have to be you, are looking for the outside force to move them beyond where they are. And what will happen when that happens? It will either go backwards or forwards or figure out to stabilize. It's like a buoy. Push it under the water, it fires back up. But it doesn't float in the sky and it doesn't sink under the water, right? It wants to just sit here. You push it down, that's hard to do. And getting it to stay up, well, then you have to hold it. But it doesn't fly. It doesn't, you know, it can't stay above the water. It stays at a certain thing. And so some people... They get destabilized for a while because they get fired or COVID happens and they get right back. No matter what it is they end up doing, they get right back to where they are. Now, some people go backwards. They can't figure out how to get back to where they are and they find a new stabilization point that they can tolerate. Say you're making $5,000 a month. You look at everything and all of a sudden you're like, you know, I think if I quit this and do this and do that, I think I can get rid of this and that. I can buy with $3,000 a month. Right. And then all of a sudden you stabilize at three grand and then you might stay there for years until some other outside force causes you to act. And my thing of what I realized is that for me, whether there's God, universe, spirit guides or anything else in between, what I realize is that if I take, for example, we'll call it the JJ, <laughs> call it the JJ. Now I know somebody named JJ. I'm not talking about that JJ. If you think it's you. But I'm thinking of another name and another name. I put it together of something without giving the person away. Keeping them anonymous. But we'll call it the JJ, right? So if I get hit with inspiration and a voice inside my head, not a person, not an external force, nothing. Literally, all of a sudden, I'm just taking a crap and I think of JJ. I don't know why I'm taking a crap while I'm thinking of JJ, but by God, that's what we're going to say I'm doing. I got to have fun, make people smile, throw them off a little bit. But I'm taking a dump. Okay, JJ pops in my mind. And I'm like, it just says, call JJ. Why should I call JJ? What about, how do I look up JJ? And I'm like, oh, I, haven't, I haven't talked to JJ in three years. And he was the last one to send me a message. I didn't respond. You can go through all these things and then just move on with your day. Go back to whatever it is you were doing. That's what a lot of people do. Now, what I've learned to believe with it comes to synchronicities and things, have you ever called somebody and or texted somebody Usually it's in person or, or talking or whatever. And you're like, man, I've been thinking about calling you. Or you call them. You're like, wow, I, I, I was just thinking about you too. And sometimes you're like, yeah, you're just saying that. And I really believe that a lot of times it's truth. But here's the key thing. Most, who will you be? Most people don't act on those inspired thoughts. They don't take action. They're not proactive. They're not proactive action so when that thought comes through to them how are we doing everybody can i get some rock and rolls where are we at make sure we're all alive and kicking here on facebook's lives comments on zoom um so what happens is that most times most people have those types of things happen most they can't even hear them because they're moving a million miles an hour and they don't slow down enough to listen that's one the people who actually hear it all the time or some of the time don't typically act on it that's why if you're the one who acted on it, 
the other person says it, I believe they were likely thinking the same thing too. At that moment, both of you thought of each other and were like, Michael, JJ, Michael, JJ. And we're like both thinking of each other, both while we're probably taking a dump too, by God, you know, a little bit more morbid here today, but anyways. And most people, nobody does anything with those types of things. Most of the time. What I've learned to do, maybe not all the time. I hear a lot more of those thoughts, but maybe not all the time do I act, but I act a lot. And what I've learned is to act on those inspired thoughts and then take inspired action. And then the M&Ms start rolling in. What are the M&Ms? M&Ms are magic and miracles, right? And miracles are everywhere. I, I did that on my Monday Daily Jumpstart. Um, but here's the thing is that magic starts to happen. Some of my greatest thing with my wife, Tony Robbins, Tim Ferriss, came out of those inspired thoughts that led to immediate, immediate action. I didn't sit and go, should I, could I, would I, what would this, what would that? They probably won't. I don't know. I'm not good enough. I'm not this. I haven't responded. I haven't talked to them. Oh, they think of me. I'll probably bother them. They'll probably be annoyed. They might bring up that thing. Ba 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 right? All these things, you start going ahead and like screw it and you move on, right? And you don't do anything with it. Rather than call JJ. Why? I don't know. It doesn't say anything else. The, the voice in your head doesn't say anything else, right? And so then for me, you don't need it to say anything else. I don't need to think about anything else. Send a text, go to Messenger. See, what's different is I could have an inspired thought that says, go to Messenger and message people. That's great, right? That's wonderful. That's less specific. Still fine, but when you get those specific names or you're walking past the place and you get the inspired thought to, to walk in there, say hello to somebody, depends on your business. I mean, there's a lot of little nuance here, but by and large, acting on those inspired thoughts, sending the text, the voicemail, the call, the voxer, the messenger, the DM, the email, the knock on the door, right? Whatever it is, act on that. And you'll find magic starts to happen. Synchronicities start to happen. And those are the little, to me, nudges that are guiding you down the path. And what I've learned is to let go. Like over this next year, don't, some people call it gut, intuition, right? There's a lot of different names for it. I get it. Um, but as you go about this year, let go of the attachment to the specific details and the expectations that you've created in your mind, in your head. See, some of you, you're all, you're all in your perfect spot but you've created expectations that you should be further along. You should be making more money. It should be better than what it is, or you should be at this house. You should have moved by now. There's all these things that you say about where you're imagining yourself to be relative to where you are. And if you accept where you are, you surrender to where you are, and you just are at peace with where you are, and you let go of all the little details that you've created in your expectation and in your mind of, let's say, this coming year. You're like, all right, well, I'm going to be making this amount of money by this month, and I'm going to do this by this month, and this by this month, that if you don't watch yourself, what I've seen is that sabotages people, because you could be right on path, and all you need to do, all you need to do is stay consistent and stay on the path. Think about it. I've brought this up, but let's just say driving. I'm going to narrow it down, because that's part of this. If I'm going from Florida to California, right, and I get in a car, I got plenty of money for gas, and we're going to assume there's really no traffic overall and there's no um, things in your way. And the, and the GPS clicks in and it says it's going to take 30 hours. And you're like, great. I'm leaving on Monday. I'm going to travel for 15 hours out of the day. Right? So basically every day I'm going to travel for 15 hours and then I'm going to sleep. So I'm going to be there in two days. Then, then two people do this, just like the other scenario I gave. Okay. Two people do this. One gets there in pretty much two days, maybe three. The other person does it. They both left at the same time, same instructions. One has the magical, the magical, what is it? The squirrel brain. Oh, squirrel. Oh, squirrel. Oh, detour. Oh, detour. And the other person takes three and a half weeks to get there. Both left at the same time, the same path. They could have traveled side by side next to each other. Both didn't hit any, 
anything. They both got gas at the same time, drove for 15 hours. All those things could have gotten there in very similar amounts of time. One just did that. Didn't take the detours, saw some things like, ah, I'll have to do it another time. I got to get there, right? And they just drove and they got there in the two or three days, right? And the other person took three and a half weeks simply because they decided to detour. This is what happens in business. And I understand this. Some things I may not be great at at this, uh, but I fundamentally don't beat myself up when and why certain things aren't happening if I'm doing or being or acting in a certain way. So right now, what else am I doing? What else are you doing? You might have a few things open, but I can't be in my office space on this thing right now and be at the coffee shop and be up hanging out with my wife, go to the movie theater and watching a movie. This is all I can do right now. I can't be 50 places at once. I can be at one place in my head, be in 50 places, but physically I can only be in one place. And so people in business who are not getting help and support are effectively taking detours all the time, starting new businesses. I need seven streams of income. I've seen multiple people. I believe it to be true. You run your life however you want it, but that by and large, you can have a million dollar business with one product, one price for that product. I've now seen it multiple times. Um, Not seven streams of revenue, one thing. But too many times, we're not going deep into one thing. We're going surface level on 50 things. And then we're one person trying to do the 50 things along with our wife and friends and kids and husband and wife and girlfriends and all these different things going on, people going on, relationships going on. And we're this one person that when I'm spending a Saturday with my wife and I'm the only person doing my business, then nobody else is doing it. And this, again, depends on what you have set up. And I get people can get into automations and all these things. And some things can be done for you while you're not doing it. Yes. But how well are you at putting those systems, those processes, those people in place? That's why the more, and this is probably where I'll end this. And then anybody who's brand new, I haven't opened up the names of the people. Anybody brand new on here that wants to start off 2020 with some Gebs juice, with a a jump start, with a spark, wants to do some one-on-one. If you do, have a little hand raised here um, or put it in the chat and uh, and we'll go from there. But here's what I found. So many of us have been trained. Well, we probably learned addition, subtraction, multiplication, um, uh, division, you know, all those different ones. And, you know, to some degree, you may know some, you know, adding, you know, most of us have the phones, but, you know, do that. Now, when you get more complicated beyond that, uh, it is what it is. Everybody's at different levels. But most people might you know, saying one plus one equals two, two plus two equals four, four plus four equals eight, eight plus eight equals 16, right? Nine times nine is 81, I think. Um, We can go on that, right? But here's the thing, is that what I have found is all these things are nuanced, even things I talk about or anything you learn about. Not everything, we're always on this kind of continuum of where we're at in things. And what I have seen is, is that in some areas of life, elimination or subtraction is far more powerful than addition. And that will give you the multiplication. So 10 businesses fully run by yourself. Like you might see that here and there, but depending on how much that person, like I'm talking truly by yourself. I'm not talking zero outsourcing, zero delegation, zero help. You're trying to do it all by yourself, 10 businesses. completely separate, random, different things. Interconnected or disconnected. To make more money isn't add more businesses, isn't add more services, isn't put in more hours. The best thing you can likely do is, is especially, let's say you've been doing that. Let's say the years like your money. Let's say you've been running these five, eight, 10 things for two or three years, a couple of years. You can probably look at those things and look and get data. Now, sometimes I'm not as good with data as I should be, but the reality is you can look at something. Hopefully you have something. And if not, maybe you start putting those somethings in place. But you look and you can go, wow, every year. And let's say the money is that similar thing. You're like, man, I got these 10 things. I'm running, make a little bit more money, a little bit less money. Let's say you're making $100,000 a year again. You got these 10 things running. Can you look? 
and go, wow. Hmm. I'll just tie this back to my weddings back in the day. About 2010, super stressed, super overwhelmed. Didn't want to answer the phone, emails, go to the movies. I was afraid that a couple would chew me out because they hadn't had their wedding video yet. And I did majority weddings. I was doing same day edits by this, this stage of time, but right. But, um, I offered all these other things based on what my peers and everything else that I believed that I needed to add to charge more money. Right. And, and I even reached a stage where it's like, I want to make more money. Right. So I got to add more deliverables. I got to add more time. I got to add more cameras. I got to add more people. But it was all about addition. And without the help or support even, little old Michael here, I just got more and more overwhelmed. I didn't like, I loved shooting that day. I loved interacting with the couples and I loved doing the same day at it. I truly, I mean, the beginning, everything's fun with anything new because it's fresh and it's fun typically. I mean, there's certain things that still don't light a spark no matter how long you do it. And other things, spark might be small and it starts to light up more and more. But this was something where in the beginning, I liked a lot of the things. And then as I did more of it, I could look at it. I'm like, I love the same day at it, but I was under a belief that I had to you know, add more time, add more people, add more cameras, add more edits. I had to keep adding. And bringing video into all this for your life about editing, editing your life. So there's this aspect that I had to edit all of that. I had to look at it and I had to eliminate things. See, editing is typically eliminating, right? And so for me, I had to look and I'm like, I don't like all these other things now, but if I'm going to charge more, what else? What else could I add? How much more time could I give? And then I had the epiphany, which some of you've heard. I asked the couples, they're like, the only thing we've watched is the same day edit. Then what happened? Well, you hear that enough. They got 10 or 12 other videos. They've had a DVD for six to 12 months. And the only thing they watched was the thing I loved. And then I did that day. And that's the only thing they've watched and seemed to love as well. Heard that enough. And I'm thought enough is enough, right? I'm going to give up. And this is the point that some reach, right? I want to give up. I'm going to quit. What do I have to lose? What I have to lose is nothing right now because I'm not happy. I don't like it. I want something different. And if it doesn't happen, then I'm quitting this. Then it means the losing's happening no matter what. Unless I'm what? Proactive. Because nothing was changing. Adding more, as I'd already done, wasn't helping. It made me more stressed, more worried, more anxious, you know, all sorts of things, right? So adding wasn't working. And this was a matter of ignorance. Some of you may have heard certain things. I didn't know anything about elimination or less is more. Like sometimes more is more, sometimes less is more. It depends again, right? It's not all or nothing, right? It depends on what you're doing and where you're at. But in this specific scenario, I had already tried adding, 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 adding more and more and more and more. It wasn't working. I'd even help delegating. Hell, the people I hired barely wanted to edit these other videos. So when those couples did that, I said, what do I got to lose? I'm going to eliminate everything, but more, I had one, two other little edits that I just, I used to do them. I still did them, but I even stripped them down and made them even simpler to execute on. And, uh, and then I gave them this one video, the video I love, the video that most people I talked to seem to love as well. And I uh, got rid of everything else because what I looked at as well, key point, 80% of my revenue was coming from weddings. 20% of my revenue was coming from everything else. Also the flip side of that as well. 80% of my effort was spent on the 20% that was not making me uh, or making me the 20% of money. Right? So I'm running around with my chicken with my head cut off to make just easy math, right? $100,000 made, 80 grand made in weddings, 20 grand made in random, everything else that I did. And that 20 grand took up the majority of my energy, the majority of my time, the majority of my efforts. But that's where in the beginning, imperfect action matters. Geb's total video, something, everything, right? You throw a lot out, but then you're aware. You start to become intentional. You start to go, I've done this for a few years. I love this. I, this works, but I don't love it. And you start to analyze, you start to chisel, and then you can get down and you can start to eliminate. At times you're adding 
So you can see, what do I like? What do I not? You might even have things that you like for a little while. And then you learn, ah, doesn't, I, well, I like this more. So it's on this continuum that you play around with until you look and you've had some years behind you. And then some people can figure that out up front. I can't, or I should say I haven't. I shouldn't say I can't. Just say I haven't in the past. And I found it from my life and others I work with that it's analyzing what you've already done or moving forward with that kind of massive imperfect action, trying things, then seeing what works, seeing what sticks, right? So the 80% of my revenue was taking me less time. So rather than, let's say, $3,500 for 100 hours and then going, oh, I'm getting $7,000 now and I'm spending 200 hours, right? Certain things, more time is better, especially typically probably in intimacy, right? But other things, more time is not helping, right? It's probably hurting. And so for me, I, rather than go from $3,500 to $7,000, but go from 100 hours to 200 hours, I'd rather go from $3,500 at 100 hours to $3,500 for 25 hours. And that 25 hours is filled with everything that I love. And the other 70 was all the things that I didn't. Now, these aren't exact numbers. I'm just giving you the idea, the, the principle to think about, right? And that gave me more time, made me more money, right? That was an elimination, right? This idea that I eliminated deliverables, eliminated time, eliminated all the unnecessary for me and for my business. I had certain things I did that took more time. Other people are made to believe, again, more time equals more money. I had couples who the thing that we experimented with, they saw that took us more time and they said, I don't want that. But they didn't say, I don't want it. Can you give you, can I pay you less money? Because that's probably less effort. Right? Instead, they just didn't want that. And I got to do the thing that I loved. And I mean, I didn't offer that at the peak of my career. I had that dialed in. So it was the elimination that added the multiplication. See, I had never, I went from 4,000, 8,000, 60,000, 40,000 to, I don't remember how many years that I was sat around 120 something thousand. And then the year all of this started to happen, the elimination happened, and I did hire somebody that also kept me in my zone of genius, him and his, and the team in their zone of genius. And when I did things, I handed off the baton. So things I would typically procrastinate or waste time or not get done or not do at all, this person did. So going from four, eight, 60, 40 to a few years at 120 to 60 range and kind of plateauing to almost 300,000, almost 400,000 those next two years. First year, that $60,000 year, four to 500 transactions. The $400,000 year, maybe 40 to 60, 70 transactions on the highest. I know for a fact that that specific year, 200,000 of that revenue was roughly from about two, three, four clients. And the majority came from a handful more and there might've been some ancillary, but like by and large, 50% of that income came from two people. And if we could have condensed it all into eight hour work days, Monday through Friday, to make that 200 grand was probably a month and a half, two months, three months max. I worked what felt like all day, every day in the very beginning of my business, brought in 60 grand. You say I got smarter and I'm not sure. There's a lot of little nuance to that. I think with people like me in your corner and other people, you can eliminate a lot quicker. Someone can hear, like that's what I do for people. I'm hearing what you've got going on. I'm hearing your dreams and ambitions. Like I like to collapse time. So Robbins will say, most people overestimate what they can do a year, underestimate what they can do in a decade. I still go, what you think could be done in a decade, could it be done in a year? right? So it's collapsing time, doing it quicker, because there is a mentor or person who can help you find the, the, the strategies, the tactics, not do certain things that are completely unnecessary, like, but still help you do what you want to do, create your life your way. So um, rock and roll, my friends. Hell yeah. God dang, God dang, God diggity dang. You know what I need to put on here too? I uh, probably need to say these at the beginning of the sessions and anybody listening to replays. You know, for one reason or another, you're not ready. Whatever the you're not, can't, won't, whatever, be on camera yet, uncomfortable. Like there's a bunch of reasons I've heard. Uh, I'm sure, I'm sure 
that you can type and you may not be afraid to do that. So jump on these Zooms, because usually, you know, I think I asked that. I don't know if I saw anybody's hand raised or anything else for um, getting coached today who's a new person. Um, but at the beginning of calls throughout, I need to say this, type, use the Q&A box for this overall, but type questions in. You know, I love interaction. You know, just the simple fact that I know there's human beings on here right now, you know, gives me my satisfaction. If it never gets, if nothing, when I upload it to YouTube podcasts or anything, if it never gets liked, shared, commented, interacted, download, or anything else after this, that's fine with me. But I have created my life where I get this level of interaction. And then beyond that, now I'm putting systems and procedures and things in place so that beyond these things, it can live on and other people can still consume or find some of this content. But I don't like just creating content completely in isolation alone with not a soul uh, to interact. Like at least when I click that live button, I know one, like today there's people on or other times that the likelihood's high, someone will watch it. Whereas if, if you're doing things and again, you're not uploading them, you're not promoting them, you're not getting them out, they're dying in your heart, head and hard drive. No actor, no athlete, no entertainer, anybody is doing stuff completely, completely. I'm talking completely, not just social media. I'm talking completely in isolation. You're a great guitar player. No one, if everyone who's in your friend circle, you told that you played guitar, they wouldn't know. That means you're doing this stuff in isolation and you're likely invisible, which means the probability until you're, you're, you're proactive. That could be one time, one person playing the guitar in front of them and they do activate you. Oops, hold on there, sorry. Uh, they do activate you, but that would still be you getting your rear end to somebody. You have to first be that activation at time. You can hear this. I can activate you here. That could be it. But now you, if let's use that example, you are going to have to take that guitar that you've played for no one, not online, not offline, and no one knows you play and play for someone. And that can happen in any level in your life, business, or career, or ambitions, or dreams. You are first going to have to take that a person like me activating you, but you're going to have to get up, click publish, click post, go down to the coffee shop, ask if you can play. Because only then can things start to, to manifest and happen. I think there's so much about law of attraction and manifestation and just got people, God, I mean, I don't know what your beliefs are. Um, I'm not here to get, I'm not judging anyone, but there's too much handing your power to everyone and everything and God and every, everything's outside of you. And I still have spirituality and there's things I believe in and there's things I don't know and I don't have answers to, but I know that I can combine whatever this outside force is, this God, universe, source, guides, Buddha, whatever, whatever's inside of me, whatever's coming through me. But again, back to, but do you do anything with it or are you waiting for a savior a person or someone outside of you to go do the work for you and that's why i'm big on elimination you don't know how to delegate you can eliminate right if you know how to do mixed whatever crazy math you likely know how to add and subtract so you can start looking at what's what's the not the least i can do but what can i do what am i motivated to do what can i at least try to do not, not try but but what can i do what action can i take right that simple thing if i play the guitar but neither online or offline no one knows i do you know how to play the guitar so do you know how to get in front of a human being in real life somewhere are there places that you could go to that you could play your guitar could you film yourself with your phone and put it online do you have instagram and facebook and youtube right now can you look up other guitars can you see just solo guitars, not, not bands, not anything fancy. Can you find stuff where you're like, wow, I could do that. That'd be a great starting point. Too many times we complicate. We make things way, way, way more difficult than they need to be. And I'm not pointing fingers. I've done this many times in my life. Made things way more difficult than they needed to be. And the reality is for my life, elimination Subtraction has led to multiplication. Right? 
because you only have so much time, you only have so much energy, you only have so much focus, you only have so much dedication, commitment that you can give at times in any given day. Um, and we're all at different levels with that. And so the more you add and the more you don't add potentially support or help or systems or email or automation or these things, then you just run out of time. You run out of energy. You run out of the enthusiasm, right? Yeah, and I believe burnout can happen from doing too much of what you love, not just too much of a bunch of stuff you don't. I'm not built to just drink water all day and never go to the bathroom, right? And even still, if I was going to the bathroom, I'm not built to just drink a bottle of water every five minutes nonstop all day long. Probably, I guess, I mean, I don't know the science, but I'm probably, that's probably not a good thing. You're supposed to have a good chunk of water, but if I drank a bottle of water like this, Every five minutes from the time I wake up to the time I go to bed, let's say that's 15 hours. Every five minutes drinking a bottle of water like this, I'm probably pretty sure that would cause some problems, right? So so many times we're doing too much in one single thing, or we're doing too much of a bunch of things, and a lot of it doesn't energize us. Right? I found that there's things that you've never done that when you do it, you get a spark, some type of spark. That's what I'm doing today. Wasn't a passion, wasn't a desire. It wasn't some big, hairy, audacious goal, right? There was nothing on my radar, probably in, in a like professional way till probably 2010, 2011 on my radar in a professional way. The spark was speaking to a group of college students when I would have probably been seniors and I would have been a freshman. It was around 2007. I got asked by my math, te math teacher, ah, not so ironic. <laughs> Everything connects. By my math teacher, uh, her husband was an a, a entrepreneur, had an entrepreneur class at a, a college. I didn't go to college and these kids were seniors. She asked, I think, a couple years if I'd speak. She knew I started a business and stuff. And then, um, I didn't want to do it. I, I, I hated talking in front of people. Like I could talk one-on-one -on -one to people, but networking things I was in, I hated it. Tell us who you are. I'm Michael Gebbin. I have a uh, Gebb's little video and I do, you're supposed to do it in like 60 seconds or whatever. I hated those things. You imagine like hard enough for me to try to record a video in 15 minutes, let alone <laughs> 60 seconds. Uh, so anyways, it's like Tony Robbins with his Ted talk. He's like, usually I do these 50 hour seminars and now I'm supposed to do it in 18 minutes. You know, I think he still went over. Um, only Tony, Tony always goes over on things, but th that's the thing for me, right? Is, um, uh, this was not a passion, a dream, a desire or anything, but the first time I finally was like, okay, I'll do it. I think it was a couple years into business and I did it. And I'm like, there's a spark here. There's something here. I was talking about something I was passionate about and I knew, and I knew more than the people I was talking to. Um, so, you know, I was less worried, less stressed. In fact, I thought I'd go for 15 minutes, like, 15 minutes, if I can go 15 minutes. I got in there, I got done talking. You know, some of the kids are slouched and they're sitting up and they're asking questions. And finally, uh, we get done. I said, how long to go? The teacher's sitting in the back. He's like, well, the class has been over for 45 minutes. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> well, he didn't stop me. Everybody was enjoying it. But, um, and that was a spark. And I still didn't talk that much or do anything like that or even think I could do it professionally in any capacity um, until a couple more years later. I mean, a few more things happened again before I, thought about doing it professionally it wasn't a dream it wasn't a passion but you know take in the flip side writing i mean i've had writing flow out of me and you know i like it more than i did years ago i'm better than i was years ago i still don't really per se know where periods and commas and you know certain things go whatever you want to think of me that's fine but uh you know, my emails to Tony Robbins that led to hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of work were written by this same guy who's speaking today. Because why? I got an inspired thought, led to an inspired action that was very imperfect. And it was from a great intention, great heart space, head space, uh, all those things. So I didn't need to be the best writer. I didn't need to know where commas and periods 
and exclamations and all these exclamation points and all these other things went so I could write this perfect email and then never send it because I'm afraid. Thought it and I did it. And that's really the big thing here today. I hope there's something that either one you've been thinking about that you're going to act on when you get off this call, or you're going to be more aware when you have the JJ's, uh, the JJ thoughts and the JJ thought comes in and says, call JJ, whoever JJ, Sally, Susie, Jackson, George, you know, whomever that you get that, that you're going to text them, call them, reach out to them. You're going to go in that shop, you're, whatever. You're just going to do it. You're not going to think about it and all the reasons why it will or won't work and it's a waste of time or all these things. You're just going to do it. But there's things that, that when you do it, there's a spark. There's an excitement. It may not turn into a full-blown forest fire, fire in general for years. That was what I'm doing today. But there was a spark. But writing, I was told for years, you need to become a better writer. You need to become a better copywriting. You should do that. And, you know, I've done those things because I believed in the people. And they weren't trying to harm me or hurt me or manipulate me. They did what worked for them. I'm not telling you that you should be a public speaker. <laughs> I'm not telling you that you should be a writer. I'm simply saying that anyone can have inspired thoughts, intuition, gut feelings. You need to be proactive or reactive. Reactive is you're reacting to them taking action because they acted on it and were proactive and call you versus you acting on it and calling them. And just maybe sometimes you'll both call each other at the same time. <laughs> um, but the truth of the matter is there's other things that they just don't light a spark. People are telling you you should do it. People are telling you you have to do it. But the truth of the matter is you don't like to do it. You don't want to do it. You're not excited about doing it. And the likelihood is you won't keep doing it. I've pushed through stopping making money entirely from coaching and all sorts of other things I won't get into on this call. But I, I, I end up reaching a point of it's happening. Like I meant to do this. The making money part I can figure out, but I know I get great feedback. It's not... I love it, but everybody hates it. Everybody. There's nobody I talk to that likes it. Like, I'm not getting any positive feedback. That happens sometimes. You create something, and no matter who you put it in front of, where you put it, what you run ads, you can run all the ads in the world to a piece of crap, and it'll sell something, but it won't do great. But then you see people who aren't running ads at all and aren't even great marketers, but they have something that's great, and people talk about it. But so for me, I realized a lot of money it's back to self-esteem and self-worth and self-confidence and self-belief. But that didn't mean that what I was doing with people, people weren't benefiting from and enjoying. And I know that speaking, the act of talking and speaking is my zone of genius. Now, what I do with that, I could work at AT&T and answer customer support calls, do things like this, coach people in person, coach people on the phone, coach people on Voxer, coach people in a group. Like there's different things I can do and different topics I can talk about. But the act of speaking is my zone of genius, something I can continue to get better at. I want to get better at. I love getting better at. I love doing. And it, it, it just, I get in the zone and I flow. Writing is more difficult for me. I, I just, and I say that, but it, it just always has for a decade. And yeah, you do something long enough, you'll likely get better at it. But I, I still, you know, I just, it's something I know I don't have to do. And that in and of itself prevents me from becoming as great at it as I know I could, but the spark isn't there. The spark has turned into a forest fire here for this activity. So for you, it might be creating in isolation, creating with connection, a blend of both. It might be speaking. It might be teleprompter scripting. Editing, shooting, you know, writing. But when you just take writing, you could write novels, fiction, nonfiction. You could write scripts, movie scripts. You could write music, right? There's so many things. And the more clear and focused that you become on what you really love to do, it could be a few things. But ultimately, by and far, if 
you can have those few things. It doesn't mean eliminate everything from your life. My thing is about eliminating everything I don't want as a whole and adding in all the things I want to do. So what, as we wrap this up, unless there's some questions, get them in, get them in. Or there's somebody who's brand new who wants some coaching, who wants some coaching. I'll stay on a second half if there's some questions that come in or there's somebody that's brand new that wants some coaching. Um, um, I don't even know where I was going to go there. <laughs> Anyways, I think we're good. I was going to say, as we wrap this up, that I thought of something because I wondered why I was going to say that. Lost it, so I don't know what I was going to say right now. But any questions, any thoughts? Anybody going to type something in or, or brand new? Um, no, it's not that, buddy. Um, any, uh, yeah. And so I love that from, from G though, real quick, lots of people ask me to edit and write. And although it's easy for me, I just don't like it. It's by far not what I enjoy the most. I do it to help others. Um, yeah. And I've brought this up before. If I didn't want to disappoint people in my life, I'd still have a paper out. I'd still be working in a beer distributor. I'd still be at Jimmy John's. I'd still be cleaning houses with my mom. I'd still be shooting weddings and dance recitals and graduations and church services and funerals and be filming some random birthday party for somebody. Um, I mean, there, there's so many things in my life that I've kind of transitioned out of that if I didn't want, I want to help people. And so many of those things I just mentioned, I'm capable of, I'm competent, I have the skills, and some of them are super easy to do, and I could be helping someone. But I learned that, well, let me see, there's something here. See, here's somebody who's so good that what do we do? Talk about him. Uh, let me see if I can find it real quick. I want to read this for you. Her name's uh, Simone Soul. Simone. Oh, let's see. Pages. I don't know where it's at right now. Um, yeah, it's spelled. S-E-O-L, that's it. Um, not S-E-O-U-L. Um, I can't remember exactly where, where it was. Um, she's got a lot of great posts that she's been making. But um, see what happens when I, if I just stay in a stream of consciousness, it flows. And then when I try two other random things, it like throws off. It's, it's fun. But uh, let me go back here and just read that again. Um, yeah. So all those different things, gosh, it's on the tip of my tongue. I wish I had it exactly memorized, but this aspect of like, it, at times, if you won't, how did she say it? I don't know, but it's a greater disservice at times. I find that um, oh, I think it was about letting down. Who are you letting down? Who would you rather let down yourself or someone else? There's some version of this. Who would you rather let down yourself or someone else? And at times when we're people pleasing or your helper orientation, um, and that's what you love to do. What this typically also is insinuating is at expense of self. I have the capability and the competency to help somebody that I know. I'm likely potentially even doing this thing for free for them that I don't really even like and doesn't give me energy. I, I like one act. I helped somebody and I made them happy when they needed something I could do. I would say that most people, if they knew you were halfway dissatisfied, not excited, not happy, whatever about this thing that you help them with that you don't really like, but you like helping. And it's like the 50, 50 where that sits is I've found that helping doesn't always have to be me. Helping can be anybody. It's back to 
eliminate it for me. I add it to somebody else. That thing may need to be done, but who can do it that that's what they love to do. So when you do something that you can do, you don't, it's not a should do, but you can do. You're taking and don't want to do. You're taking that away from an opportunity for somebody to do the thing that they're excited to do. The dream scenario, the dream job, the dream opportunity right now for somebody else, you've taken off the table because you can do it, but you don't want to do it. And you're not excited about it. You might like to help people, but the more people know and the more you know what you love to do and people are clear about that, then you're more easy to refer, which means things get referred to you that you also like to do that's in alignment. So you can still help. I've found great satisfaction. Hey, can you look at this guy up? Lance Gray, actionvideoservice.net. If you need some tapes, transfers, film transfers, a DVD, different things, tell him Geb sent you. Because best I know, right? Best I know. Because otherwise you go to Walgreens, CVS, these places, they don't really care. They don't really know what they're doing. And they're still put it in the mail. So if you're not local to him in Richardson, Texas, well, You'd have to put it in the mail. But if you take it to your local CVS or Walgreens, they're going to put that thing in the mail too. And they might have a higher probability of getting lost. And so for me, people came to me for years. I had the technology. It is the easiest thing to do overall. Rewind the VHS tape, put it in the CD, DVD thing, put it in, hit play, hit record. You know, I can make it. As long as everything works, that's about all it takes. But I wouldn't do it. I'd procrastinate. It's there for months. Then they'd be going, because, you know, I'm doing it for free. You're doing it for super cheap. You know, my mom tells me. Then finally, I got rid of the stuff, so I couldn't do it. That made a big difference. But there was a time where I just said no, and I had to even tell my mom, because when I had it, there was like this weird thing. Mom, I don't want to do it. Well, it's easy money. It is. And I'm like, I don't want to do it. I don't do it. And then I found that the ability to delegate that to, and I wasn't, I didn't take it, delegate it, take care of it. I just said, call Lance from Action Video Service. It got done in a timely manner. It got done by somebody who's passionate about it, understands it better, cares about it, and, you know, loves doing it. And I didn't. I just could do it. And I could help someone. And I like helping people. And I like people being happy. But usually a lot of those types of activities were at the expense of self. And then you lose energy, right? Um, There's only so much time again in a day. And I want to fill my days with things that I love. Because the things I love still help people. And I'd rather spend my days doing the things I love that help people than spend my days doing things that I don't love helping people. Because those people, I almost guarantee, would not be happy to know that you did something that you really don't want to do. But a lot of times we're really poor at communication. So somebody hears something or they know you can do it, they ask you to do it and with a big smile on your face. You go, I got you. And then you're like, why'd I do that? Why'd I take that on? Right. So there's that aspect where um, I found I can still help those people with things because I've built up. I mean, maybe you don't have that yet, but maybe that's something you start to do. And uh, I can tell people who I know do that thing. And then that person gets to benefit. It's a win win because I have people I know and trust and I know will do a great job for them. And so I still help them. And then I help two people in that scenario rather than one and one being upset. MontunaTimeLive.com. <laughs> boundaries are so important. I won't go into a long thing about boundaries, but you know, I've set up a lot of boundaries in my life and expectations with other people. Therefore, I have a lot less problems or challenges in my life because I'm not leaving everything up to chance, right? That's back to the whole conversation today. Proactive, reactive. Reactive to me is a lot more chance, right? I'm leaving things to chance. I'm hoping something happens outside of me and then you know they do it for me or whatever, right? proactive is I'm not leaving things up to chance. I'm going to take things into my own hands and do what things I can. And so um, it's beautiful. And boundaries are one of those things that have been proactive about, right? And uh, it's super powerful. And most people are super respectful. So uh, rock and roll, my friends. Great Tuesday tune-up time today. Uh, Mind tune-up time, mindtuneuptimelive.com. You can go and you can register for the Zooms uh, on Tuesdays and Thursdays, or uh, on Thursdays, they're uploaded uh, to your favorite podcast platform and YouTube with some show notes there and on the Facebook. And um, and then right now, plan to do this for a while, uh, your daily jumpstart, Monday through Friday, uh, you know, five, 10, 15 minute uh, little episodes to keep you consistent, keep you moving forward, 
It's a practice for me, building the habit. It helps me continue, right? You don't use something, you lose something, right? And so for me, doing these things just like this, um, it's inspiration for me. It's encouragement for me. It helps me. It helps clarify things. It helps getting it out of my head. Writing can do that. Speaking can do that. I'm more of a speaker than a writer. So I speak and I go, well, I can speak in private to myself, which I do at times <laughs> while I'm walking around, you know, it's like, oh, da, 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 da. I'm talking around. I'm like, okay, what's wrong with that guy? And, uh, or I can come here and I can get those things out. I can encourage, inspire and be a catalyst and, um, and spark something in someone, which I've had many, many times in my career. So, uh, Definitely check it out. Like I said, the plan 99% of the time is to go live at 9 a.m. And I'm doing that for my Facebook page right now. Um, like I said, eventually I'll register. And, you know, if you want, we'll see what happens. And people can pop into a Zoom just like this Monday through Friday. Um, and then, you know, outside of this, you know, people ask, how can I work with you? Because um, that stuff's more, I call it the preaching and teaching. <laughs> right? The preaching and teaching part. Well, right now, if you go to my, the mind mechanic, the mindmechanic.net, uh, you can head on over there and you can click coaching and there's a current offer that sits there um, that you can check out. And that'll allow, um, that allows a Thursday call every Thursday at 2 PM and you can get coached as many times as you want. So, you know, there's not that many people on and you're the only person or a couple people and you're the only one who wants to speak up every week, then I'll just keep coaching you. And so that's probably one of the most affordable ways based on, you know, the fact of who, who doesn't speak up and I'll take the same person over and over again. I don't do that on these Tuesday calls. Um, and uh, that does include some private time um, with me uh, for coaching your pocket, what I call it. Um, and so, uh, but check that out on that site, the mindmechanic.net and go to the coaching tab. Um, but that gives you my current offer um, or reach out to me and we can figure something out. Um, and I've got some stuff in the works I'm really excited about, but yeah. This stuff's just my give back. This helps me. I know it helps others. And so the preaching and teaching and encouraging and motivating, um, this is something that I, I just don't want held behind paywalls and everything else. It's just unnecessary. I've done it before. Uh, but the actual ongoing, like private regularity of interaction with me so I can hear you, my line, when I hear you, I can help you. When I hear you, I can help you. Um, that regularity, that's what you pay for. That's the main thing that I, uh, that I sell. Um, and it comes in a few forms. So you go there with the current offer that's on the website or send me a message. Uh, but otherwise, we'll see you uh, in your daily jumpstart or uh, mindset of time. So hope to be working with some of you this year. Super excited about that. Um, we're going to be putting on the calendar. I got to do it real soon here. Uh, our second meetup that's part of that offer. So I did my first one back in October. I think there was about 12 of us together. And uh, super, super awesome. And so we'll probably be doing that next one in March or April. And uh, yeah, so rock and roll, my friends. Have a great uh, rest of your week and um, get your final little thoughts there in the old chat. Uh, wish you all the best. Appreciate you all so much. And for those listening afterwards, when you're not on live, I hope to see you on one of the uh, future um, Zooms here. And if not, if you can't make those for one reason or another, send me a message, michael at themindmechanic.net or go to facebook.com slash gebs86 or type in Michael Gebbin. You'll see me and my wife and send me a message there. I'd love to hear from you. So appreciation and gratitude as well, my Norman, Gail, G, Alicia. Appreciate you being on here today. And uh, who else is on here? Yeah, those are the most active ones today. So rock and roll. We'll see you.